Hi, I'm Dan. I'm a photographer, father and husband. And this is the Booze Break Podcast. This is the show for people like me who find themselves stuck in a loop of drinking more often and in more quantity than they'd like. You're welcome to follow me on my journey to change my relationship with booze and explore ways in which to live a more productive, healthy, fulfilling and alcohol-free lifestyle. Welcome to the Booze Break Podcast. This podcast is a diary of my journey, taking a break from alcohol, as well as looking into different ways to help sustain a break from the booze. We'll be going into the ups and downs as I circumnavigate my way through work, family life and social situations without the hooch. I'll be delving into the benefits of living booze free and tackling subjects such as uh, social pressure, health, identity and alcohol representation in the media. Just a quick warning, there's likely to be some choice language and adult themes peppered throughout this series, so if you're easily offended or have children within earshot, you've been forewarned. Full disclaimer up front, I'm not an expert in any of these fields. My opinions are purely based on my own experiences and a little research. I also want to make it clear that I do not judge anyone based on their relationship with alcohol. Do what you want, drink what you want. But if you're like me and want to change your relationship with booze, whether that be to stop completely, uh, take a break, or just cut down, you're welcome here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Booze Break Podcast. I hope you're all doing good. I've been receiving a lot of comments and messages over Instagram and I'm loving hearing that the podcast is having a positive effect on your booze break. Uh, Some of you guys have already embarked on your journey to change your relationship with alcohol and some of you have uh, even been inspired to take a booze break um, as a result of listening to the episodes, which I'm so happy about. If you're either of these people, then I'd love to hear from you. You can hit me up on the website, boozebreakpodcast.com, where I post episodes as well as helpful blog posts. And it's also where you can pick up some epic booze break merch, which really helps out the show. You can also get in touch on Instagram and Facebook, which are both at boozebreakpodcast. Leave me a comment, drop me a DM or tag me in a post. I'd love to connect with you. I get people from all walks of life who listen to the podcast. And I think it's important to mention that I didn't create the show with just problem drinkers in mind. And the show isn't about making a decision to never drink again. Although if that's your path, then I fully support that. Booze Break is for anyone who believes that their life could be better and more valuable if they drank less. You could be someone who has a few drinks twice a week, but find that it writes off your weekend mornings and you're not running at 100% when you go back to work on a Monday. Or you could be like I was, drinking every night and potentially more at the weekends and never really experiencing life without that slightly foggy feeling you get from drinking the night before. The help and stories I share with the help of my guests, as well as my own experiences and research, are aimed to give any type of drinker the tools to take a break from booze, make meaningful changes to their life and maybe come back to alcohol with a better, more healthy attitude and approach. And with that said, I'm thrilled to introduce my guest for this week's episode. Andy Ramage is an author, entrepreneur, a broker, behavioral change and performance coach, and an infectiously energizing and positive individual. He's also one half of the founding duo of One Year No Beer alongside Ruri Fairbairns, who I interviewed in episode seven. In this episode, we explore Andy's journey and what led him to take a break from alcohol that spanned over six years. We also discuss what kinds of things we can develop in our lives, both alongside and after you've changed your relationship with alcohol. And Andy shares his tips on what things you can do in the evenings to fill the void that alcohol has left. I'm pumped to have Andy on the show, so let's get to it. 
So Andy, thank you so much for being on the Booze Break podcast. How are you today? I am flying. I'm a bit behind, as you may have noticed from my live this morning. My girl jumped up and went for a 5am swim and woke me up and has unsettled the morning routine. But aside from that, I'm <laughs> up and on it as always. I love it. It sounds like a very exciting morning um, uh, at the very least. Um, so for my listeners who perhaps don't know who you are, could you give us a, a, like a mini bio, bio of yourself, uh, you know, regardless of alcohol, just who you are, what you're into, things like that? Yeah. So I guess um, background, left score at 16 to follow the dream of becoming a professional footballer. Unfortunately, got injured at the age of 21 when that was just getting exciting. Travelled the world, ended up back in London with my now wife, who's Irish, uh, fell into the world of oil broking, the guys in the big, you know, exchanges with the bright jackets, screaming and shouting at one another, fell in love with Mm -hmm. that, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And then um, as part of that process, realized that actually in my mid thirties, in a place where it felt like I should have technically made it and happiness should have been mine because I've ticked all those, you know, conventional material boxes and went, oh, I feel a bit rubbish. Um, and that was mainly down to my relationship with alcohol. And again, we'll, we'll, get, we'll deep dive into this, but as part of that process, more performance related than uh, problematic. It was just, I thought it was getting in the way of me performing at a, an optimal level. So I removed it, had the most amazing experience. Um, and I sort of wanted to share it. And that desire to share this lovely uh, benefits that I received from taking a break from alcohol led to a movement called oneyouknowbeer.com, which led to a book with Pam McMillan, the 28-day alcohol-free challenge, which led to another book. And yeah, all the sort of momentum and the stuff that we do now really came out of that, you know, more by sort of luck than judgment, just a desire to share some of the good stuff that comes from being alcohol-free with people. That's amazing. What, what a journey. Uh, I'm, 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 so, I'm impressed you got all of that into 20 seconds. That's incredible. <laughs> we that can end the podcast me- now, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> that had taken me about 20 minutes. Um, it, and it, uh, what you um, touched on there was, was really interesting. And I think this is something that is probably going to be quite new to a lot of my listeners is this, um, you, you um, assessed, reassessed your uh, relationship with alcohol, not from a problematic point of view, but, f- but from a performance point of view. So I guess what you mean by that is you didn't necessarily have, you weren't a problem drinker necessarily. No, and, and this is really important. So the way I define it is a middle lane drinker and, and a middle lane, lane drinker being someone that drinks sometimes averagely, sometimes moderately, sometimes heavily, sometimes not at all, which is basically everyone in yes. my book. Do you know what I mean? And that was me. You know, I was a broker in the city, fast pace, high stress, high reward, the sort of what we did, right? We, we socialized a lot because it was part of the job and we liked socializing. Um, so I don't think I was doing anything extreme um, against my colleagues or most of the other city of London, um, but it was definitely getting in the way of my performance. And what had happened, I'd started a new business um, and I realized quite quickly that business was going to fail unless I was absolutely on my A game every day. And the one thing that was preventing me being on my A game every day was alcohol. You know, only a couple of drinks at lunch or an evening out on a Thursday just meant Friday was a write-off. I could not afford to write Fridays off anymore. And the irony of that is that industry was screaming at me and the social pressure from that industry to suggest you can't be a great broker unless you socialize a lot. And by socializing, they mean drinking a lot. So it's this juxtaposition of these two things of 
do I drink or not drink? But if I don't drink, I'm going to have all this energy and I'm going to be all over it. But if I'm not entertaining my clients, is my business going to be suffer? So it was a really like difficult time, but the results and the rewards were gigantic from having the courage to take a break. That's fantastic. So when you um, when you set up this new business, was the, was that the moment? Was was there was there was there a a mindset or a moment, or did something change dramatically in you where where you go right? This is the thing that I need to fix. Is is the fact that you know we need to stop drinking? Was there um, like was there was there a specific moment other than just starting the business? No, it, it was basically hanging around for about two years. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that was in the back of my mind all the time. I, you know, I had big plans, big dreams, big goals, all the things that I wanted to do in my life. And it felt like everything was slipping through my fingers. Mm-hmm. And constantly I'd say to myself, I sort of think it might be this alcohol thing. You know, but I must admit, it was the last thing that I ever questioned for a long period of time. You know, uh, in between setting up that new business, I was on nine months gardening leave and I literally traveled the world to train with the best of the best coaches, thought leaders, big thinkers from sort of rich roll, ultra marathon athletes, Zara Campbell, world champion, free diver, John Grinder, co-founder of NLP. I wanted to learn everything I could about, you know, psychology, my mind and all these type of things and well-being and performance. And the, the last thing I ever questioned was alcohol, right? Hmm. But then it kept sort of bubbling back up in the back of my mind, sort of thinking, I wonder if you take a break from alcohol, will it be the key that unlocks, you know, all these other well-being initiatives that you're interested in? And I think now nah, it's sort of part of who I am, right? It's how I celebrate. It's how I commiserate. It's how I make my friends, how I met my wife. I can't really go after the alcohol thing. That's just who I am, right? And I see so many people with that limiting belief. It almost is like encased in their, like, character in some ways that there's so many drinks so yeah it was there for about two years until i finally plucked up the courage and went right actually do you know what? i'm going to try this i'm going to dip my toe in the water try and take a break see how i get on and in that process of trying to take a break and finding it really difficult because of the social pressure and whatnot i started to think oh maybe there's a bit more to this than meets the eyes and then eventually i got to that place of about 28 days and literally my life sort of transformed from that moment and it's never been the same ever since. And that actually brings me on to a really nice um, uh, point because I think I feel like I'm getting to this point now. I'm, I'm at 65 days currently as, as we record this episode, um, uh, alcohol-free. And um, I'm, I was interested in, in, the, the, in thinking about, like, is, is, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but it, was there a certain point for you where the switch was turned essentially from just trying to, trying to give up drinking, essentially having a go at, to nah, I don't want to drink anymore. Like, w- was there a sweet spot for you? Was it that 28 days or was it further along where you just sort of thought, oh, I'm not bothered about it anymore? Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the 28 days was this, I woke up, it was Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. The sun was shining. You know, I'd slept like I hadn't slept for years. My eyes were bright. I had energy. You know, my wife was in love with me. The kids were on top form. You know, on those perfect Saturday mornings. Absolutely. And I just thought, this is brilliant. This is what life is about, right? This is the Saturday morning that I haven't experienced for the last 20 years because for the last <laughs> 20 years, I've been too tired and hung over and feeling like, you know, shite trying to catch up with life and recover. Oh, this is what Saturday mornings are meant to feel like. So that was a huge realization then, but it still wasn't the penny, big penny drop moment that came around 90 days. I think 
for most people, I mean, I've been very lucky through running a beer to have helped hundreds of thousands of people make this transformation at this stage. I always say the magic happens somewhere between 28 days and 90 days. Yes. And I really believe that. And I think there is that moment. And there was for me closer to 90 in truth where the, that switch, as you described it, just flicked. And I went, oh, I'm not giving anything up here. I'm gaining a massive advantage in every single area of my life. And I think the reason 90 days is important or a longer challenge is important because during that period, you have to deal with trauma, deal with upset, deal with a big social event, be it a wedding or the 40th or whatever it is for you. You have to deal with the drinks night. You have to deal with the curveball from a friend that shows up that you haven't seen for years. Do you know what I mean? You have to deal with the relieving boredom. You have to learn to relax without alcohol. And mm-hmm. because in that mixer, you're indirectly just crushing all those limiting beliefs that you had around alcohol that there comes that point of oh i get it now actually i don't need it for those things that i thought i needed it for in fact my life is getting so much brighter and richer and more energized now this is the greatest gift this is like the alcohol free advantage and i think when that happens and i talk about this a lot you must don't need me you don't need one you know beer because you know the individual you've made that tangible connection with the benefits that come from being alcohol free. And then no one could ever take that away from you. It is like that matrix, you know, the red or the blue pill. And it's like taking that pill, you know, life will never be the same again because you've experienced like the fun side of the island, as I call it, the alcohol free side of the island. And everything changes from that point. And I think a lot of people that are new into, um, you, know, to, uh, you know, changing their relationship to alcohol, let's say they're, they're coming up to, let's say, 28 days. I do feel like the first four weeks is a struggle because you're still in that mindset. You've still got those habits in the back of you, you know, your subconscious. And there's, there's always that little bit of the, of, of the thing of like, oh, do you know, do I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully engaged in this. And I was like that for sure. About 28 days, I, you know, I was, I was excited about all the new stuff, but I was still thinking about alcohol. I was still thinking, I'm still looking forward to when I get to the stage where I can have a drink. And then I got to about 60 days and I don't think about it anymore. Every now and again, it pops up into my head and I think, oh, maybe, maybe I would maybe have a drink on holiday at some point in the future or something like that. But, and then, so I'm thinking the further you go on 90 days, a hundred days, I guess it depends on where you were at beforehand in terms of your drinking and, and how long that's been going on. Um, eventually you, you know, I'm looking forward to, and I'm sure everyone can look forward to the bit where they just go. I don't need it anymore. I don't want it. Why would I, why would I put that? Why would I do that to myself? Um, you know, and I think, I think it's just, it's a case of time and being able to really experience, as you said, life without it is so much sweeter. You don't, you don't need it anymore. The, um, the perceived benefits have gone from alcohol. Um, and you, you, you can look yeah. at it with, with a much clearer head, um, for sure. Um, which is really, really fantastic. It's this ambivalence piece that I think is really important because um, we all start off with that ambivalence and ambivalence being that sort of love-hate relationship with alcohol that, that many of us have. It's, oh, I can't stand it. I want to take a break. I feel awful. And then the next minute it's like, oh, but the sun's shining and all my friends are out and they're having fun. <laughs> you know? yeah. So we get caught in that, that ambivalence place for quite a long time. And it's, do you know what? I think we should never underestimate. It's incredibly difficult this challenge, right? Not mm-hmm. From a physical standpoint, from a psychological standpoint, because all our cultural messaging, all our messaging from people we love are screaming at us, drink alcohol. Everyone's doing it. Like we are 
at the vanguard of this new movement. But ultimately, you know, even in my own life, everyone I still know and love drinks alcohol. You know, my sure. mum drinks alcohol. She's an angel, mm-hmm. right, to me. So all of these subtle and subconscious messaging is out there saying we should drink. And by not drinking, you know, you're removing yourself slightly from the crowd. So it's incredibly difficult to overcome this challenge. And there's all that ambivalence that you have to overcome. And, and, and you touched on it perfectly there. I think it depends on your relationship going into the challenge with alcohol, how strong that ambivalence is. But very often it takes a bit of time to unwind that, to demonstrate to yourself, oh, actually I can still cut it with the kids. Do you know what I mean? I can still have yeah. the crack and the banter. I can still go out. I can still relieve boredom. And guess what? The next day when they're all curled up in bed and they're struggling, I am up and on it and my world's looking different now. And as that progresses, you basically break down that ambivalence and it might never go away to a degree. You might get a year or two years in and there might be that odd pang of, oh, wouldn't it be nice? But I think what happens quite quickly, you, you close that down to know what follows that tiredness, can't be arsonous, all the sluggishness that comes with drinking. And now you've built this rich environment and life without it, you don't need to go back. And I think that's what happens. And that's why that sort of magic kicks in, I think, probably 90 days and beyond. Yes. And um, I think uh, for, a lot, for a lot of people who they go down, um, let's say they've done 90 days, let's say they do 100 days, um, or, you know, any, any sort of decent, decent length of time. And they, um, for, most, for the most part, they're getting through it really, really well. They don't think about it a great deal. And every now and again, they have a thought and they go, oh, actually, I remember drinking being pretty cool but that's how nostalgia works isn't it you only you only remember like that you have you look look back at it with like rose tinted glasses you don't remember with nostalgia the tough bits the morning afters and stuff you you kind of uh, you know you remember drinking on holiday with your mates and stuff but you don't remember the fact that you were sick as a dog most of the week and uh, and things like that and i think it's 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 good to remember that um you know especially if you've have a, had a good break from alcohol that um, when you do look back on those memories, you, you know, y- your brain forces you to remember the good stuff because that's just how it works. You know, it's trying to keep you positive at all times, even when it's, you know, pretty rough, you know, pretty rough memories. Exactly. And it's quite clever, the brain like that. It's like your psychological immune system. So people seem to, you know, there's an assumption that we store our memories as these perfect videos in our mind. And we don't, we just take little snippets and select areas and what we actually do is the brain so clever it suppresses a lot of the negative and lets some of the positive pop up because as you rightly said we need to keep a bit of positive momentum in our lives otherwise what's the point yeah you'd be depressed all the time absolutely yeah evolution's figured that out so it's about what i say to a lot of people when those sort of beer goggles start to slip over (laughs) of nostalgia it's like just play the tape forward just remember what really happens after those two drinks in the sunshine because what happens when you have three and then you're bound to have four and then maybe five and then what happens is there an argument does someone get all over emotional can you not be bothered to do anything the following day do you eat rubbish food like play the tape forward and very often it tells you everything you need to know and here's the great win to all of this alcohol free alternatives are so widespread now and the best part of all those nights and those moments is the first couple of drinks it always is and if you think about it the reason that's the best part of the night is because no one's drunk right? everyone's yes. got their wits about them the alcohol hasn't kicked in just as yet so you can still take a part in all of that stuff right you get to keep all the best bits and then you can duck out and skip all the messy bits and jump up the next day and have a much richer 
um, social life than you ever had before. You know, just coming at this from a social standpoint. So it's the ultimate win-win. Absolutely. Uh, that's really good advice as well. Um, you know, play the tape forwards. You know, just remember that, you know, that it's, it, it wasn't all happy memories and, and um, you know, good, good times when you've had a skinful. You know, it's the, there's definitely a downside to it. You've, how long have you been alcohol-free for for now? Six, six, seven years? About, yeah, six and a half years. I mean, I sort of stopped count, counting about <laughs> a year into it. I, probably less than that, in honesty. I only know because obviously what I do with yeah. uh, One You Know Beer, I keep a bit of an eye on it. I still don't know the exact date because for me, without, I'm just on this alcohol-free adventure. I love it. So I'm just, yeah. I just keep going. That's, that's the way I look at it. I just want to take a quick break to let you guys know about my Patreon. So if you're liking the content that you're listening to uh, on the Booze Break podcast, you can actually show your support by going over to the Booze Break website, which is boozebreakpodcast.com. Right at the top there, there's a little button that says donate. You can click on there and it goes straight to my Patreon page. This is where you can actually pledge a sum per month to help support the the show and me first of all that's really generous and, and thank you but also you do get um some benefits to that as well different tiers that you can um go to there's actually this legend warrior and godlike behemoth with the legend tier which is just seven pound fifty a month uh, you can actually get access to new episodes before they get released on their official release dates and uh, you can cancel this at any point of course you're not tied into anything necessarily with the uh, Warrior tier, which is £15 a month, you get early access to the episodes, you get a, a coveted Booze Break sticker and access to the private Facebook group for people who are on a booze break and, and want to join a community and help support each other and with you know, with positivity and hints and tips. And then you've got Godlike Behemoth, which is £30 a month. If you donate that, you're an absolute star and, and I can't thank you enough. With this, you get early access to episodes. You get a shout out on one of my podcasts. Uh, you get the booze break sticker. You get access to the private Facebook group, and you also get an epic booze break T-shirt as well. So, any support that you guys could give would mean a huge amount to me. Uh, notoriously, podcasts don't don't earn a great deal. So, any bit that you can give would would make a huge difference, and it just keeps me motivated and, and able to be producing content and taking the time out to do research and, and put these episodes out. So I thank you. Back to the episode. And what I was really interested in was how your life changed as a result of changing relationship with alcohol. What, what, what did stopping drinking open the doors to afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I think the first and biggest thing was time. You know, mm -hmm. we're all so time poor. Back, you know, 10 years ago when I first sort of started stepping into this whole world of self-development and whatnot, I had no time, zero, zip, nothing. You know, it was work, family, stress, repeat. That was it. There, mm -hmm. there was no time to do anything, to try and better myself, to study, to get fit, to be healthy. Um, and then I took a break from alcohol and it just unlocks all this new time that just didn't exist before, that couldn't have existed before. And a few things spun off from that. I got really consistent because everything that I was doing wasn't interrupted by a night on the sauce or a few drinks at lunchtime that made me jaded and tired the next day. I was showing up every single day consistently. That then builds trust in yourself that you're going to show up every day consistently, whether that's in your relationships, whether that's in the office, whether that's at the gym, right? So based on that, you get this wonderful momentum in your life. And then when you compound that with time, you get the time and the space to fundamentally change your world. And that's what I did. I started to get up earlier. Um, half an hour earlier, then an hour, then two hours, right? So I built two hours before work 
of dedicated time to develop myself in that space. I went back to university twice, bearing in mind I left school at 16, did a degree, finished a master's degree in positive psychology, coaching psychology, wrote two books, created the one, you know, beer movement, lost three stone in weight, bettered my relationships. All of that, right, was down to taking a break from alcohol because it was alcohol that unlocked all the good stuff and unlocked all the benefits of time, which I think is something that people don't realize when they take a break from alcohol. It's about those obvious things. It's about negating the hangovers and the tiredness or whatever it is. But actually the greatest gifts are hidden when you experiment and you experience a slightly longer stretch of being alcohol free, such as time, right? Everyone wants time. You have the time to quote Seneca, my favorite philosopher. It's not that we don't have enough time. We just waste so much of it, right? And trust me, when you're drinking, you are wasting time hand over foot. And when you stop, you get it all back and you can transform your world and the world basis that time. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. And it's such a simple process, isn't it? You know, you, you stop drinking, you feel better, you sleep better, you can get up earlier, you can be more productive, you can get the stuff that would get done that would usually take you two hours in one, you know, a lot of the time. And um, like you say, you can build up, you can um, cre- create time for new hobbies, new projects, new careers. Um, there's so much you can do. I, you know, I created a podcast, but every, every single day, me and my wife are thinking about some, something new, something new with our business, something new with our career. Um, and the beauty of it is we can actually act on that now. Whereas back in the day when we were both drinking on a daily basis, um, we, we might have the odd incredible idea, but we did fuck all about it the next day. Um, because we, we were in like that fog of alcohol, which like can't be asked. I'm going to do the bare minimum today. And, um, that's completely changed. So motivated, so energized. Um, and it's, it's such a big positive, not only in my, in our, in career, but also family life as well. You know, we've got, I've got a two-year-old daughter and, um, it's so valuable being able to be a hundred percent in the moment with her at all times without thinking, Oh, I feel terrible. You know, it's, uh, it's incredible. You've touched on some brilliant points there. You know, I think there's that lovely saying, I can't think who it's from about dreamers of the day, right? They are like dangerous people because actually dreamers of the day make their dreams into reality. And I think that's what you become Mm -hmm. when you take a break from alcohol. How many brilliant ideas got flushed down the toilet with the late night kebab? Yeah. No, we've all been there, right? We're going to change the world after a few drinks. Nothing ever happens. But all of a sudden you take a break from alcohol those visions, those dreams, they start to bubble up again, but only the difference is now you've got the momentum, you've got the time, you've got the energy, you've got the consistency, you've got the trust in yourself to start making them happen. I mean, in the last 10 years, my life has just transformed on the back of that one thing because many of those dreams and those goals that I've had have become reality because I'm a dreamer of the day. I think that's what happens when you take a break from alcohol, right? You become a dreamer of the day and those things tend to happen i think it's the most exciting part of the whole process absolutely i mean you've become a celebrity let's be honest you've been <laughs> on um uh dr rangan uh, uh chatterjee's uh, podcast rich roll you know everybody listens to rich roll yeah he's the legend and it's just like uh, all of this uh, there's obviously there has to be other stuff going on in the background and some sort of ambition some sort of need to change but a, a lot of the people that i speak to you can Point, you can point to the, the thing where their life changed considerably and it was always the, the last day that they drank. Um, and, and it's 
and and you can sort of see the the, the split off you know if there's a timeline and you can see the split from sort of you know going through the motions to going and changing their life for the better either a complete career change i had a guy on the um, show recently um john davidson who's a psychotherapist he used to be in marketing and um he, you know he decided at one stage to to to, to stop drinking completely he hasn't drank for seven years and um you can see the point like it, it was it wasn't intentional to, for him to stop drinking and then become a therapist because all it was all of these different things that happened as a result of stopping drinking completely changed his life for the better and he's now he's now an amazing podcast host he, he hosts a, um, a podcast called happiness hacks share, you know sharing information on people with people about how to be happy and he's the most positive guy oh, you'll awesome. ever meet you know um and yeah. just just from just from stopping drinking and before he was like you know not not in as good a place so um it's 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 such a it's such a huge change there's there's bigger things at play here and i think one of the bigger things at play with this whole taking a break thing and this is it's difficult to figure this out before you've started or in the early days. But the bigger things at play are this. If you've had any sort of relationship with alcohol, I think it's a type of experience that shakes you from that sort of ego tree, for want of a better word. I think mm-hmm. it, it, it shakes us out of this middle lane malaise that I call it, that so many people get stuck in. They're the people that just get stuck in grinding the gears of just drinking, middle lane drinking, feeling a bit meh, five out of 10 never quite achieving what they'd like to achieve, just feeling generally a bit unhappy and a bit rubbish. Whereas I think someone has a relationship with alcohol, it just shakes them a little bit. It actually makes them realize they are mortal. And it, equally, I think it makes them ready to listen anew. This is so important. And I think this is why a lot of the work that I do now, we'll get into this a bit later, I'm sure, is all about self-development. Because mm-hmm. I think people come to this to take a break from alcohol and then they go, oh, I'm ready to listen to new ideas and techniques. I start reading, I'm listening to TED Talks, I'm listening to podcasts such as this. My mind is like just absorbing all this new information that I'd completely ignored before because I assumed I knew exactly how this life thing worked and I was stuck, you know, head down, blinkers on. Suddenly you remove all that because you've had a relationship with alcohol and you're ready for something new and in that transformation that fall before the rise i think is where the magic is of this whole alcohol free experience that people then come out of that ready to transform ready to take on life anew and i think that's why you end up with career changes you end up like with body changes you know relationship changes all this wonderful thing starts to happen because it's bigger than just taking a break if you know what i mean absolutely and 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 those kinds of changes happen straight away because you've got like you say you've got time you've got time to do this kind of stuff you've um you know you've freed up your evenings for most people um you know one of the things that they struggle with is is what to do in the evenings now that they don't drink for, for people like me especially who was a daily drinker I would come home from work seven o'clock at night let's say something like that quick wind down before I went to bed um I would bosh a couple of uh, bottles of beer three quarters of a bottle of wine, something like that. And that would be a daily occurrence. And that would be the thing that I'd do because that's that's all I could do. Cook tea, drink, uh, watch Netflix, something like that. So, um, you know, having this time now to go, actually, I've got a ton of energy still after work. I'm really motivated. What can I do if I don't want to make, a, uh, you know, any kind of uh, other changes in, like, let's say my career? Let's just work on personal development. What else can I do? Um, you know, I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I would like to go on to um, some, you know, talking about that a little bit more. 
But I'd, I'd love it if you could give um, a little bit of an introduction into One Year No Beer from your point of view. I um, mention all the time my story with One Year No Beer. It's uh, I mention in every single podcast, I'm, I've been the biggest cheerleader um, of the community and the support that you guys give. But um, for the for the listener, let's, let's say that's not listened to any of my other episodes, can you give a brief introduction into what One Year No, no Beer is and who it's for? Yeah, so again, I think it's for that middle lane drinker that I described earlier on. And the idea being, it's a challenge because when I wind back six and a half years ago and I first started out in this alcohol-free adventure, I found it really difficult. And I found it really difficult socially because that was my big trigger was, you know, being a social person and having to deal with clients and whatnot. I found it really difficult just showing up and saying, I'm not drinking. Six and a half years ago, that was not a good enough excuse. It just wasn't. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't. Of course you could, but I felt I couldn't in my limiting mindset at the time. I just didn't have the courage to stand behind it. And I'd get my rubber arm twisted in about five seconds. And then my sort of one week streak would end up, you know, obliterated. And then I'd do another week and then it would be a couple of days and then it would be two weeks. And I, and I got caught in this loop because I didn't quite have the courage to go into bat and say, I'm not drinking. It just didn't. And I didn't want to start making up all sorts of different spoofs that I know you can, you know, on medication or whatever it is. And people use those type of things. And do you know what? Rightly so to get them out of the traps and build up a mm -hmm. bit of momentum. But for me, I wanted a bit more than that. So I thought I'm just going to make it a challenge. I'm just going to start saying to people, I'm doing this challenge mm -hmm. just to buy this little ounce of space between uh, me drinking and not drinking. And it worked. It bought me just enough time to have that experience that I mentioned earlier, which was that 28 days. And once I had that experience, everything had changed. So for me, the challenge aspect of one, you know, beer is so incredibly important because people like that. People love a challenge, right? From triathlons to marathons to whatever it is. And I think the idea that you can just do 28, so don't let the name trip you up. We do a 28 day challenge, a 90 day challenge and a 365 day challenge. But the idea being you can come in and dip your toe in for 28 days. But again, if you can get to that space and you've got something to go into bat with to your colleagues or your friends or your families to say, I'm just doing a challenge. And the great thing about a challenge there's an end date and people don't mind that as much because they feel like, oh, I'm going to get my drinking body back after 28 days or 90 days. But yes. I know the secret and the secret being that when that person gets on a roll and they have all these experience, they're much more likely to go from 28 to 90 to 365 to I'm going to keep rolling with this thing. So the, the challenge part is really important. Uh, what we offer is a group and a community. I think it's the best community on the Tinter web. Absolutely. Um, I love it. I love them. I think they're amazing. It's like-minded people all cheering uh, other people on. There's none of that social media fluff. It's just like, like raw, honest encouragement, struggles, successes, all within a community, Facebook, Slack. Um, you can go to one, you know, beer.com. You can take the challenges. You get daily videos from myself and emails and support and all that sort of stuff. Because actually I think it's great to have a community behind you of like-minded people. Because I also said this at the start, in my own world, right, someone who's at the vanguard of this, I still don't have anyone to turn to outside of my one, you know, beer community to talk to about being alcohol free. No. Because all of my friends and my loved ones still drink, right? They don't want yeah. to hear me bang on about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, an, it's a nice place to be in that respect, isn't it? And I just wanted to, um, to, to add to, the, to the, you know, the two points that you made there. First of all, is the fact that it's a challenge. I think that's brilliant, and and I really respond to challenges. I like to test myself, um, uh, you know, all the time. So I feel like it's not 
don't ever see this as a punishment for being a bad boy when it comes to drinking, you know, which is how I yeah. used to deal with my alcohol. I would say, God, I've, I just drink so bloody much. And I say to my wife, Kate, come on, Kate, we've got to stop drinking the week. And, and it feels like you're just punishing yourself. You feel like you're, you're, you're taking it away for the sake of it because you've been naughty. Whereas um, a challenge is like, do you know what? I'm going to do 28 days and I'm going to smash it because I'm a legend. And I can do that. I can I can respond to that kind of mentality. But also, I love the fact that I, you know that I don't want ever people to ever get put off by the fact that it's one year no beer. Like it's, you don't have to come in a year. I came in at ninety days. I haven't hit ninety days yet. But I know for a fact I'm going to do a year at least um, because I yeah. don't feel like I've got there yet. I don't feel like I've got to the point where I um, you know have made all of the changes that I need to. And I'm not ready to give up that community. I'm not ready to give up that um, that that support um, that I love every single morning when I get an email with a video of yourself or Ruri um, kind of spurring me on with support, you know, and, and that's like part of my morning routine. I love it. So I'm not ready to give that up. And like you say, I think I think the magic happens 90 days and afterwards. I think that's where the, from what from everybody that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to a lot of people who've come through one year, no beer, they've all said that. 90 days plus is where you want to be but it's really nice that you can just dip your toe in you don't have to commit and you can always like upgrade to something like a year if you want to and if you feel like that's necessary for you um so i think that's it's it's a brilliant concept and it's very accessible uh, and that's why i rave about it in every single episode of the bruce break podcast yeah i'm, I'm, I'm honored that you do and uh, you know again I'm, I'm so sort of thrilled and delighted that it's helped so many people and, and a, a nice thing about well, you know, beer, I think we have about 100,000 active members, but the reach is probably 10x. It's probably a million people. You know, I have yeah. lots and lots of people that would come up to me and say, thanks so much, you inspired me. I've taken a break from alcohol. They may never have even flowed through the one, you know, beer system, but even from a distance, right? That for me is fulfilling my personal goals to try and transform the world's relationship with alcohol um, in many ways. So there's all those wonderful advantages. The community is brilliant, by the way, isn't it? I mean, I, I yes. know you know this. Um, they're fantastic. And again, back to that point, it's really important when you start on this alcohol-free adventure to have a space where you can go and say, look, I'm struggling a bit, or this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And everyone goes, yay. Whereas again, you step out into the real world to your best mates or your friends and go, I'm alcohol-free. It's the greatest thing ever. I've got my time back, my energy back, my mojo back. They'll go jog on. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They yeah, absolutely. It. So it is really that the tribe is as important as the challenge is the way that I look at it. A hundred percent. And I definitely think, you know, that kind of the negative responses from like your, some friendship circles, some are great, obviously, some are very supportive. That's a, um, that's a, a topic for another day. That's a, that's a whole episode on how you can, how you can deal with negativity from, from, exactly. from groups. Uh, and I, we mention it every now and again. But I'm excited to hear about the the stuff that you can do once you come through a a break from alcohol a booze break let's say you've done let's say you've done your 28 days and you feel like okay i'm ready like i'm 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 i'm, I'm carrying on i'm do i'm doing great within um the one year no beer alcohol has you know left my life for the time being um i'm interested to talk about the stuff that you can do afterwards because um uh, this is a big part of what what you do Andy, isn't it is you there's lots of stuff that you can do in terms of development um, and, and coaching. Um, um, and I'd love to hear about that bit from yourself. Yeah. So really the reason I'm here, the reason I'm doing this podcast and 
out front and one, you know, beer is not actually the taking the break from the alcohol piece, right? You know, having helped hundreds of thousands of people do that, we can all do that, right? That is behavioral change, especially if you sit in that middle lane drinker camp, it's behavioral change at a psychological level. And that requires effort and time and planning and all those type of things. But the reason I'm here is because it's so much bigger than that. The reason I'm here is because of what happened next of what happened next when I took a break from alcohol and I've touched on it already, you know, I've got my time back. I managed to study and do all those wonderful things, got super fit, got healthy. My relationship blossomed. All those wonderful things just opened up this world of self-development. That is what inspired me to go, Oh, I've got to share this with people. It wasn't Mm -hmm. so much about, Hey, just take a break from alcohol. What I'm secretly doing all the time is look, take a break from alcohol because I know that's going to be the gateway into all of this what next stuff and still that what next stuff that is where your life will get transformed so that's really driven my learning you know again my study went back and did that master's in positive psychology coaching psychology that's going to become a phd hopefully in jan of 2021 which i'm super excited about so i've written the book let's do this all about motivation because i've realized actually it's just a gateway in giving up the alcohol or taking a break from alcohol it's just a gateway in to this self-development world, which I think is absolutely wonderful because there is a bit of stigma almost to say that developing yourself is somehow selfish. And I think that's maybe even a bit of a British thing that mm-hmm. we carry that or, you know, or a European thing of, I can't spend time developing myself. I'm supposed to be looking after everyone else. Yes. Um, but actually it's the greatest gift you can give yourself and other people, right? Because when you're optimized and you're buzzing and your eyes are bright again and you're smiling that like energy and those positive emotions and habits just flow to the people you love. I say that all the time. The best thing you can ever do for the people that you love is one, go alcohol free because that will inspire them. And two, like, optimize and develop yourself because that just flows out. So that really led me towards more the self-development angle within one, you know, beer side so developed as a mastermind course that I don't run anymore. A guy called Chris Lappin runs. I also run a lot of my own stuff now over at andyramage.com. People can go and check that out, but um, it's all about self-development. It's all about that what next stuff. It's like, right, I've got my energy, I've got my time. And here's the thing. This is another uh, piece of the alcohol-free puzzle. You might find this yourself happens. You start to ask those big questions. Those big questions that have been sort of suppressed and in the background forever suddenly spring up, such as, like, what is this life thing all about? (laughs) Is this this the career for me? Like, what am I doing? Is this it? You know, like these big, big, big questions that can, like, I think get suppressed when you're just so busy and you, you don't want to answer them. You're fearful of them. Suddenly they're right at the forefront of your mind because you've got all that energy and that clarity and you're thinking big. And it's like, actually, what do I want to do with this short, precious life, right? I'm Absolutely. just warming up. I've got my time. I've got my energy. And I think that leads people again towards self-development, right? And that's what Everything I do now really is geared towards picking people up who are partway on their journey that have got that brightness in their eyes and going, right, this is what we're going to do. We're going yeah. to set your goals. We're going to get your meaning going. We're going to get your purpose going. This is way bigger than just a break from alcohol. That's basically what's driving me at the moment. 100%. And it's, it's really inspiring to see you're up on Facebook. Am I right in saying every day? Every day, Facebook Live first thing in the morning, you know, getting people motivated, yeah. engaging with your community. And anyone that's, you know, that, you know, that, that's, that's passing by as well as in one year, no beer. And I think that this was, I was excited about this episode because, you know, we talk about taking a break from alcohol um, on this podcast all the time. And we talk about all the benefits that happen. But then 
this is the next step. What can we do with those benefits? Well, how, you know, how can we use all of this spare time, this spare energy, this spare motivation? Let's work even further on ourselves and, and develop ourselves even further. Um, are there any particular areas in self-development that, you, that you're working on at the moment that you can share with my listeners? Yeah, so very much it's about goal setting. And, and goal setting can be done in one or two ways. I talk a lot about this in the book as well, but I have a course called The Office Athlete that um, I've got lots of people running through at the moment, which I love, by the way, just working with smaller groups of people. I'm excited about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm keen to get, get involved. Oh, are you? yes. Well, I've run two as a test and I feel really grateful. They literally sold out instantly. And it's a bit like, oh, that was a good test. I'll do mm-hmm. that again. So I'm, I'm going to take a break for a couple of months from that. But just on that note, in case I forget, in about two or three weeks, I'm launching something that I call the world's first mind and body gym. The world's first and most exclusive. It's a bit like the world's oldest Irish pub. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure every city you go to, you find the world's uh, oldest Irish pub. But it is for me, right? So um, everything I'm doing is very niche. So I give away, like, well, give away. Like, I do lots of free stuff because I love it. I love all the Facebook stuff. I'm out there every day if people want to tune into that on Andy Ramage Official, Instagram, Facebook, cheering people on, doing all the motivational stuff. But then I really want to do niche stuff. I mean, that's a big thing for me. Those courses, I capped them out at 40 people. I won't uh, do more than that because I want to get to know the individuals. And the, the, the group that I'm starting, this uh, mind and body gym, will be capped out at 250 people. Because I've looked okay. at Dunbar's law. I don't know if you're familiar with that law, but it's basically the most amount of people they think that you can know at any one time. Because the way I see it, if I'm training people, I'm coaching people, like I'm on this little adventure together. I want to get to know them and I want them to get to know me. So I won't coach or train more people than that. So it'll be, it'll be capped it'll be exclusive super excited that is going to start in a couple of months i'm just putting that together now we'll train psychologically with me all the self-development we'll have a guy called christian daly ex west ham captain scotland captain he's going to come in and do a lot of the physical strength training development because i think the world's just changed i think we've just realized actually we can do a lot more online than we ever thought possible such as train our bodies we'll have yoga in there pilates in there me doing all the psychological and the mindset stuff coming together in this little exclusive sort of group of 250 people I'm super excited about. And just while I'm on a roll, if you do want to be involved in that, go to andyramis.com, sign up for my newsletter and stuff, and you'll get all the updates. But park that for a minute. I just want to talk about goal setting. It's really, really important that all of us, especially when we get on this alcohol-free adventure, and we've got that one big focus, which is to take a break from alcohol, when we get that momentum, it's like, right, what can I do? Dream big. Do not let reality get in the way, but always have a goal. Have an anchor into the future. That's how I see a goal that's like dragging you forward to be a little bit better. It's all it is. You're not competing against Joe Bloggs, right? Or the Joneses. You're competing against yourself just to be a tiny bit better. And there's a dual processor to goal setting that people overlook all the time. The main thing is this, always pause and be grateful. Be grateful for what you have right now. We are so lucky. I'm sure everyone and anyone listening to this podcast, we are so grateful and lucky to have what we have. And I think if you can connect with that, and then push on, really push on, right, from a foundation of happiness and vibrancy. So a lot of what I do in terms of goal setting is to use positive psychology, the science behind it, which has disrupted the whole success model. The old success model, which is broken, suggests you work really hard, you achieve some stuff, and then da-da, you magically become happy. Yeah. It's just not true, right? We've all been, it's just not true. Whereas positive psychology backed by science, the real science of well-being has demonstrated consistently that really successful people, they get successful when they become happy. 
how wonderful is that? So all of the work that I do actually is almost stopping people going after those traditional sort of goals. Like I want to earn loads of money or, you know, I want a nice car or house. It's like actually focus on the important things first, get happy first, get your well-being uh, optimized first. And you do that through quality sleep, quality connection, quality nutrition, quality movement. All of these things, we work on those things first when they're optimized and you're coming from that foundation of vibrancy, health, and happiness, the chances of you then achieving your traditional goals, such as saving for a house or learning the guitar, are exponentially higher. That is sort of the way that I do it, and it gets great results. And ultimately, when you have that foundation of vibrancy and happiness and energy, and taking a break from alcohol is a huge piece of that, by the way, Mm -hmm. it's win-win because everything you achieve after that is a bonus rather than you gambling your happiness on some future goal that might never come in you actually get happy now in the moment and optimize yourself. That's what it's about, right? That's what excites me. That's so valuable. Um, I can't follow that up with anything, Andy, because you've, you've, you've said it perfectly and so eloquently that I can't sum that up in, in, in any better way. Um, I'm so grateful for you to, um, to, to share that advice. And just by, just by chatting to you now, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Like, you know, like the, Do it. I, I, I'm so I encourage anybody, any of my listeners to head over to andyramage.com. Is that the best place to find you? Um, Andy, because I imagine you can go from there to Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah. So, or Andy Ramage official on Facebook and Instagram or the website, you can register, you get the newsletter and then you'll get updates and you'll get notified when I'm going to start this mind and body gym, this exclusive, the world's first. I've seen, I've seen that. I've seen that on your website. I'm going to, I'm going to literally, as soon as I stop recording this, I'm going to go over, you'll see the notification. I'll, I'll have, uh, I'll, I'll have subscribed to the, uh, the newsletter and I'm, I'm excited for that because you can never have enough Andy Ramage in your life as far as I'm concerned, especially in the mornings. (laughs) Uh, you tell that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're running out of time a little bit on this podcast, but if I can just grab one more tip from you, and, and this is something that I get asked quite a lot, especially for people who were early stages, and I never really know what to say because a lot of the stuff that I recommend, I feel like is really personal to me. But I get asked this question a lot and is what do I do in the evenings to fill the space left by drinking? So I imagine this, these are your kind of after work, glass of wine, you know, potentially daily drinkers. Um, I always struggle to answer this question because what I do is really specific to me, which is I drink tea and play board games. Uh, and that's that's my thing. And, and I love that. I started reading. I do exercise and stuff like that as well. But that that's my go to. Have you got any recommendations for that from, from your own experience? Yes. So if I can give a couple, I'll just cheat a little mm. bit and squeeze a couple in there. Please do. So depending on where you are on your journey, the one thing that I do right now, and I do this every evening, I close the evening with a real top bottle of alcohol-free beer. <laughs> yes, so, same. So I must keep it. I keep that routine, right? I love to feel grown up. I love the different taste. I drink water predominantly throughout the day. I don't like fizzy drinks or any of that stuff or sugary stuff. I really like a nice cold bottle of quality alcohol-free beer. That didn't used to exist six years ago. It does no, now. Absolutely. There's some brilliant options. Um, so for me, right there, it's really simple. Equally, I think what happens is you get a lot of time back. This is the thing that people are talking about. You almost feel a bit like unsettled, a bit jittery almost. It's like twiddling your thumbs going, what do I do? Because inherently prior to that, you have a couple of glasses of wine and it's game over, let's be honest. And it's going to be zoned out in front of Netflix. Whereas when you remove all that and you've got your energy back, 
the world is open to you again. And it is a bit unsettling. So I think it's in the planning. I think make the effort to plan interesting things to do. It could be exercise for you, an experiment. It could be reading. It could be listening to music. It could be going for walks. It could be connecting with friends. Like leverage that time because you can actively relax as well, if you know what I mean. It yes, doesn't have absolutely. to mean you have to sit still in front of a box of the telly. You know, it could be going for a walk. It could be exercising. I think use it as a place to experiment. But here's another thing. Winging it just doesn't work in life no. in general. Like freestyling in the moment, it sounds wonderful, but invariably we end up making poor choices. So I think actually look at your week, get excited about your week and go, right, I've got my energy and my time. What can I do this week? Like old hobbies, reignite old hobbies. Like when yes. we become adults, we sort of push our hobbies out. We get so busy with drink, work, stress, family, repeat. We stop doing all those things we used to love. All the research and the science is there. When you do the things you love, you fall into a flow state. When you get into a flow state, it's incredibly good for you on a psychological and a physiological level. Find your old hobbies. It could be board games like for yourself. It could be playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know what it is, but use that time wisely. Plan is my advice rather than wait till it's eight o'clock and go, oh, what do I do now? Because then you yes. fall into that slot of, oh, I might just have a drink. So yeah, plan in advance is key. That's brilliant. Don't leave it till the last minute. Don't wing it. Um, reignite old hobbies, uh, plan activities, drink quality, alcohol-free beer, if, if, if you're into that. You and I both know Johnny from um, Unlimited and, and had him on the show. Yes, he was, he was one of my first guests, actually, on the, um, on, on the Booze Break podcast. He's got a really fantastic story, cracking beer, really excited about that. But there's so many alternatives. Um, and you that can is check my favourite beer, just to jump in. So that it. unlimited, so it's U-N-L-T-D dot beer. It's my favourite one by miles. Like absolutely. not just a little bit, by absolutely miles. And I've drunk in dry. He's, he's out of stock at the moment. He's just I know. His website. I'm waiting to get some more in. I'm great. I can't wait for the IPA. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was incredible to have on the show. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love Unlimited. Super, um, we're going off topic, but super low calorie. Great for vegans yeah. like, me, like me and you, Andy, because it's got all that B12. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's amazing. So um, to finish up, please go and check out Andy, um, Andy Ramage on andyramage.com uh, uh, and then check out Andy Ramage Official on Facebook and on Instagram. I hope I've got that right, Andy. Um, have, but and you're doing a brilliant job. And just to say, and I've said it to you in person, I'll say it live on air. Anyone in this space that's trying to inspire people to take a break from alcohol is a hero to me. So well done, you. You're an absolute you. superstar. Thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. Um, I, I'm excited to engage with you with the stuff that, you, um, that you're getting out, especially with the office um, athlete. I'll leave links to everything that uh, Andy's got uh, in the show notes. And thank you so much, mate. Good man. All right. That was the interview with Andy Ramage. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I thought Andy's advice on planning interesting things to do in the evenings was so valuable and that just leaving things to chance or the last minute is setting yourself up for boredom and cravings, really. And I especially liked Andy's explanation of dreamers of the day and that being alcohol free gives you the energy and motivation to not only create uh, life changing goals, but also to act on them. So what are your goals? I'd love to hear them. Leave them in the comments under this episode over on boozebreakpodcast.com or get in touch on Instagram or Facebook, which are both at boozebreakpodcast. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave me a rating or review on wherever you listen to podcasts especially um, Apple Podcasts. That's a really good one. Uh, this makes a huge difference to getting more reach for the show and getting it out to more people. 
For now, though, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one. Peace!